0: Welcome to the Who's on the Move podcast. I am your host, Alan Cooper. Today, we are going to be speaking with entrepreneur Eric Arbay. Eric is a PGA professional, the founder of Golf Web Design, and has been in the web industry since 2008. Eric is also the owner of a new venture called Willio, which is a software solution designed by lawyers and software engineers to allow us to create and edit and store a will. The Who's on the Move SC podcast highlighting entrepreneurs making an impact in our communities is made possible with the support of First Community Bank. For more than 25 years, First Community Bank has served customers in the Midlands, the upstate, Aiken, and Rock Hill regions of South Carolina, as well as in Augusta, Georgia. First Community Bank, member FDIC. And Nephron Pharmaceuticals, A South Carolina-based company, Nefron develops and produces safe, affordable, generic inhalation solutions and suspension products. And the Riley Institute at Furman University. The Richard W. Riley Institute advances social and economic progress in South Carolina and beyond by building leadership for a diverse society. This series is also made possible with the support of NP Strategy, a strategic communications firm. Learn more at npstrategy.com and Endeavour, offering workspaces, day passes, meeting rooms and business team memberships for growth minded professionals in the heart of downtown Greenville, South Carolina. Eric, tell us about your two businesses.
1: My company is Arbe Digital and we do web development uh, for small businesses, and uh, I'm excited to talk about my new company, which is a new startup called Willio.
0: What was the motivation for starting your own company? What motivated
1: me to start my own company, I actually have an exact point of what started me off, was a boss that I did not like, and he was the, the motivation to never work for anybody ever again. And it was at a golf course, and uh, actually I probably shouldn't say where and when, but it was 2009, and uh, it was the worst experience I've ever had as a boss, or working for someone. And it made me want to start my own company, and I did then and there. I quit that job, I got into web development, found a business partner that I'd known from college, and we just went off and running. We took the leap. and. In terms of like the whole journey, and I kind of always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had started web development. Um, I started actually a piece of software um, back when I was in golf. And I had a company in Pakistan build it for me. Paid like $15,000 for it. That hurt, because <clears throat> I did not recoup that money. But, uh, but I knew that even though I didn't make it with that, that that was the path for me. You know, Going down my own road, doing my own thing so it took a while to get to where i am now but i don't know if it's necessarily in your dna to be an entrepreneur but there is something to be said for somebody that wants to do their own thing because there are a lot of people that can't and probably shouldn't do their own thing they need to work for somebody they need that structure because you do need to have a lot of self-discipline that, that is like one of the biggest things that i think I'm, and a lot of that comes from my background in golf too is you know it's kind of a solo sport not a team sport so you need that self-discipline maybe that's where i learned it from But, um, but I know you need to have that discipline to wake up every day and say, all right, this is my task list. Nobody's giving you a list of things to do. You have to come up with it yourself. So that's kind of one of the the aspects I think that makes an entrepreneur really good and makes them ultimately an entrepreneur and want to work for themselves as opposed to working for somebody else.
0: Eric, talk about your education and how that might have influenced your decision to start your own company.
1: My education after high school, I wanted to play golf professionally, but I kind of settled for going to Methodist University, which is a PGM school, a professional golf management school. So not only do you become a golf professional when you get out after four years, but you also get a marketing and a business degree. I double majored in marketing and business. So I knew I had to fall back on, and, but I really just wanted to play golf. And we had a golf course on our campus. We had a driving range, it was amazing. So that was my education. I thought that was it. I just gonna play on the PGA Tour. You know, I didn't care how good I had to be or how good everybody else was. Tiger Woods was so dominant at that time, but I was like, I'm gonna play next to him. And luckily I had that education still to fall back on. And every summer we had to do an internship at a different golf course. So that was really fun. I got to learn a lot, meet a lot of different people, a lot of people in different industries because of all the members of the golf courses that I worked at. And um, yeah, so (laughs) my formal education in what I'm doing now is almost zero. Learned a little bit of business and accounting skills. You know, being an entrepreneur, you kind of need to know everything a little bit. But in terms of my formal education, it didn't really help in the actual industry I'm in now. (laughs) So
0: tell us about your first business.
1: Our first business, uh, Golf Web Design, is what we started as. Now we're Arbay Digital. It's the same company, essentially. But we started off doing just websites for golf courses and golf pros. And I know the exact moment that made us start that. I got an email, uh, just an email blast from some PGA pro, doing exactly what we started doing. And it was websites for golf courses. It was just a general blanket email to all PGA pros. Hey, we'll build your website for $300, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is what you get. And I literally forwarded that email to my friend and I said, hey, we can do this, let's do it better. This guy, I look at his stuff, it's terrible, the design is awful, it's bad. I said, we can do it ourselves. So we did. I literally still have that email saved from like 2009. And um, that was literally the impetus for that business, for starting in web development. He knew Photoshop really well, and I was like, I'll figure it out. I did my own website, you know, rbaygolf.com, for when I was trying to play. And my cousin taught me like HTML tables. And I knew just enough to be dangerous at that time. And uh, so that's what started us down. And we knew if we focused on golf, we've already had that connection. we were already PGA pros. We could just talk to other PGA pros and say, hey, let's do your website. We'll give away a few of them for free just to get our name out there. And that was kind of how we started down that niche. Instead of just going, you know, oh, let's just do websites for anybody uh, when we have no name, at least let's start somewhere where we have some kind of advantage. And we did. We had the the entire PGA list. We had all those. There's 27,000 PGA pros in America. So we could easily tap into that network and say, hey, we're building websites for you. We know what you need because we're PGA pros ourselves. So. That's exactly how we got our start. We got a few really nice breaks along the way. We partnered with another company called V1 Golf. They'd already been in the industry for a long time, and they had a huge customer base, and they said, hey, come to the PGA show with us, sit at our booth with us, offer our customers your product. Our customers need our video software. They should also have websites. And this is a time where like, not every golf course had a website. Like golf courses were like, we don't need websites. It's so funny. Yeah. And, and golf pros were just realizing, hey, I can market myself better if I have a website. So that was a big break for us. Then we got a few other big breaks. PGA Magazine came along. They saw what we were doing. They are the trade publication for our uh, industry. And they said, hey, we've got some websites. Can you do them for us? And we did, and they are still our client today. Um, we we're advertised with them. Now we do like 12 websites for PGA Magazine. So having some good breaks like that along the way helped really get us uh, a strong foothold in the golf industry, and then we've just kind of grown ever since then.
0: Eric, talk about scaling that first business.
1: So when talking about scale and how we scaled our company, I've got a lot of different thoughts, I used to think scale was awesome, and now I don't. And I'll share that with you. But initially, uh, when we started our company, we wanted to scale and grow and hire employees. And we did. We got up to around five employees. And how that started was really, it was kind of embarrassing. We started off charging like $300 for a website. And then one of our partners came along, V1 Golf, and said, You guys charge a monthly fee, right? Said, oh, yeah, 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 sure, we do. So then we started charging monthly fees, and we realized, oh, monthly recurring revenue, this magical thing. If we could just get, you know, we did the numbers, if we could just get a lot of people at this number, we could grow. We started off $50 a month, and then we were like, let's do a package for 79 a month. And then let's start off 99 a month, and then drive everybody to that middle of the road package, and then our price is going up. So we started scaling up that way, and we knew we had a predictable income every month and every year based on, you know, how many customers we had at the time. We hired our first salesperson. He probably launched like 60 websites in a year for us. And that like really grew our revenue. Um, We were, you know, probably 225K a year at that point. We were doing really well. And then he left, that salesperson left, and then we hired two more people to kind of replace him and come in. And then at that point, we got to, I think one more employee and we started another venture the entrepreneurial spirit and both me and my old business partner we started an online mattress company and we did a kickstarter we raised forty six thousand dollars and launched an entire oh, it was a memory foam pillow and then we launched a mattress and then we found out how hard that industry was casper tuft and needle purple all came along with huge marketing budgets we realized we couldn't compete all the while we had you know, golf web design and Arby Digital running, you know, still our web design running, but it was kind of just there. It wasn't growing. Um, so, come 2019, we got to a point where we had to shut down Hyber, our online mattress company. Websites were still going, but we weren't really doing any active marketing. We were still getting, you know, clients here and there just through word of mouth. And then um, I bought my business partner out. We were going different directions and it was just the best thing that could have happened for me. And I said, you know, this is, this is where I want to go, we weren't going there. So I bought him out and my wife came to work for me. She's been in the agency world for nine years, nine plus years. So she knows agencies and she knows web development as well. So now it's, it's been amazing ever since we've been really, really growing. But when it comes to scaling up, we got to that point where we had about five employees, like I said, and then we let them all go because we shut down the online mattress company and our web design company wasn't actually doing very well. And, and in that time, actually, we acquired another golf web design specific company in town. Two guys were doing the exact same thing we were doing. They had a book of business. We said, why don't you guys work for us? We'll, make, we'll give you a path to partnership. And let's see where this goes. We're doing the same thing anyway. They're literally right down the street on Main Street here in Greenville. And um, so that all kind of fizzled out. They went their separate ways. And in the end, it just came back down to to me and Nick, my old business partner again. I bought him out. And now me and my wife talk about this often, uh, about scale, where we want to go. Do we want to hire? Do we want to grow? Or do we want to stay small? I like staying small. We're nimble. We can make quick decisions. And we don't have to deal with people. (laughs) And when I say I love dealing with people, but I should say employees, because employees can be tough. Um, I very much like doing the work. I love being a programmer. I love design. I don't really wanna get away from that. You hire employees, then you get into training, into HR, into more management. And I don't mind it, but I prefer to actually keep doing the work. So we wanna stay as small as possible for as long as possible. Uh, I know at some point we may hire somebody, actually have an intern coming to work for us soon, um, but we'll see where that goes. So that's kind of my thoughts on scale. If you don't have to scale, I don't think there's a need because people always wanna grow, 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 and then what? Like, where's the cap, you know?
0: What was the spark for the new venture, Willio?
1: So one of the funny things being in web design is people always pitch me funny ideas like, oh, I have the eBay for, you know, solo cups or the weird, you know, just strange uh, innovations. And a lot of them are bad because I've seen, I've tried things, I've tried businesses, and I know what might work and what doesn't. Well, a lawyer in town came to me and said, I have this idea for digital wills. And he said, right now, federally, they're legal, but on the state level, they're not. Soon they will be, eventually. And he's on the board to to try to push digital wills through. He said, I wanna be ready when that legislation comes to pass. He said, I'm working on a platform to build your will online and to make it all digital. I said, beautiful, I love the idea, let's partner up. So we did, and this is right around the time I was buying out my business partner. And so fast forward to now, Willio is launched, willio.com. And it's basically a platform right now that works within how you have to do a will right now. In South Carolina, you have to print out your will, wet signature, and then store that in a lockbox somewhere. That's your actual will, it has to be a piece of paper. It can't be digital right now. So that's how it works. You go through this beautiful workflow, ask you all the questions, it's one simple price. You can clone your account for your spouse to do theirs, uh, and it works for the majority of everybody some people high net worth people it doesn't work you still want to go to a lawyer things like that but for most everybody especially with kids what i've learned now like you have to have a will if you have kids um it's perfect so that's what it does but now kind of the roadmap for v2 is digital will so when that does become legal we'll be ready so that's that's really kind of exciting to me that piece of software so we're kind of growing that on the side. He's a full-time estate planning attorney. I'm a web developer with a business. So we, we work on that in our spare time and uh, that's kind of growing in the one day. Obviously the goal is to really grow that and grow that because that's that's a very exciting market, kind of the law tech market. So,
0: What is your focus in 2022?
1: One of the things that uh, myself and Danielle have been focused on lately is efficiencies, is making our business, because we're a small team, we want to get everything as efficient as possible so we can stay small but still be very profitable So, and basically give ourselves more time back to focus on Willio or other projects that may come along. So the more we can become efficient with our recurring revenue and our process for launching websites to make sure that the extra work is not there, You know, to cut down on the amount of time it takes to launch a site and get it out the door, that's cut down. That just makes us overall more efficient. I, mean, I, I love that word. It's just <laughs> in anything we can do to make that a possibility, we try so that um, we can stay lean, we can stay profitable, and we can still have some time to you know, go out on the boat, play golf, you know, hang out with the kids, things like that. So that's kind of our goal is 2022 and beyond is obviously to grow our businesses, but to make them more efficient, to get kind of the wheels in motion, to get kind of a process of, of items moving so that um, not necessarily we're hands-off, but that we're as minimal hands-on as we have to be to keep things moving.
0: And finally, Eric, maybe tell us about some of your hobbies outside of work. How would you describe your work-life balance?
1: So me personally, um, I do constantly struggle with work and life balance, and I, I do subscribe to the thing that it's basically it's all life. It's not there is no work and life balance. It's all life. Um, so I always try to put family first and hang out with the kids because I realize they're not gonna be young forever. So it is a struggle though, not to bring work home because it's so easy. So I do have to kind of remind myself to turn the phone off once in a while, or just stop looking at things. But that it also goes back to my goals of being more efficient. So if I can have everything done during the day and work between these set hours, try to be done at three to four o'clock, you know, start my day at six and you know, leave time for me whether it is going on the boat and fishing, something I love just to get away and relax, either with the family or without, you know, I've got some buddies that want to go out with me or play golf. Um, I don't get to go out as much as I like to on personal things like that, but I do try to make time here and there at least a couple times a month to get out and uh, do something for me, because you need to, because I, I, I subscribe to the theory of uh, work like a lion. You know, it's when they're working, they're like all in, they're working, getting things done, but when they relax, they're sleeping, they're napping, they're totally (laughs) relaxing. So I I do like that kind of theory, is when you do work, like work, really get things done. Otherwise, don't. Um, So, but me personally, I love CrossFit. I love working out, staying in shape. That's something that's really, really important to me, um, just so I can, have more focus during the day. I'm probably going to go do it after this interview actually, just so I can, you know, get some stress out and, you know, it helps me focus and just be a well-rounded person so I can still lift my kids up and <laughs> play with them while they're still young.